Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar, and you get a better buzz with, with the Savage Premium. So go to, go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. 
simple as this. A state prosecutor is prosecuting a federal election law violation that doesn't exist according to federal election law officials. It's as simple as that, that you could sum it all up like that. His reaction was exactly what would happen if it happened to anybody that I'm looking at now or anybody that's hearing what you're saying. Um, he's, he's frustrated, he's upset, but I'll tell you what, he's motivated and it's not going to stop him and it's not going to slow him down and it's, it's exactly what he expected and so to that extent, there's no surprise, but he's also he's also he's also upset and frustrated and disappointed and mad that this happened. He's not going after the judge. He commented that he thought that there were some issues that may cause a conflict. That's not going after the judge. He is not threatening the judge. He is not going after the judge. He has said that the DA. He is angry because the DA has brought a case that is unjustified. I mean, and so I'm not gonna comment on it. This is Rag Garrett Hake with NBC News. Uh, your predecessor took a hard look at this case and decided not to charge it. Federal prosecutors took a hard look at this case and decided not to charge it. Do you believe you have new evidence that led you to decide to charge this, or why now? Well, folks, this is a sad day in American history. What has happened here is quite clear to anyone who has studied both the law and politics for as long as I have. I need not give you any of the new details that have emerged because you've probably all seen them by now. We all know the corrupt judge has a daughter who works for the cackler, Kamala Harris. We know that Alvin Bragg is a corrupt, stupid, affirmative action district attorney put in there with money from the evil George Soros. All of these facts are known. What you're going to hear today is the bigger picture from two, I would say, wise older men. That would be myself and Jeff Rovin. I know I'm not supposed to call myself a wise older man, but some would identify me as such. And so I think you will enjoy what you're about to hear. The context, of course, is what is important. And the context is not very favorable, both for the present and the future of the United States of America. So settle back, relax, and let's get ready for two wise men discussing what's going on today with the, not arraignment, but the arrangement of Donald Trump before the gallows of the American press. This is Michael Savage. Thank you very much for listening. Okay, today's podcast is a shocker. Trump indicted how Biden and his communist mob are turning the USA into the USSR. That's the way I present this. And by the time this podcast is posted, Mr. Trump will have been indicted by the most corrupt district attorney in the United States of America. Jeff, before we begin, I must say to you, the Washington Examiner published an amazing article shows how many Soros link prosecutors there are around the country and how many have been removed, meaning how good how many good prosecutors who actually put criminals away were removed with Soros dirty money. The United States, Jeff, has 70 prosecutors in office linked to the far radical, insane, America hating, white man hating George Soros. And the uh, map from the Law Enforcement and Legal Defense Fund shows the prosecutors scattered across the nation. It's hard to believe what he has done to this nation. Jeff, how can a nation which spends a trillion dollars a year on defense permit one emigre over 90 years old from Hungary destroy their country? You might well extend that to how are we allowing ourselves to be invaded by armed cartels and five million uninvited immigrants. Um, I wonder what would happen if the Chinese launched an amphibious assault on the West Coast, whether Biden would even defend us or welcome them. Well, I think most people in San Francisco would ask how the dim sum is on the boats. You know what? That's. That's actually more true than not true. They'd ask him if the recipe is from northern China or from southern China that they serve on their uh, assault boats. Yeah, just like martial arts uh, depends on the region you're from. No, I, I, I have no explanation other than the fact, as you say, that we are uh, in the thrall of an anarchist who wants to see the country destroyed. Now, wait, when you say anarchist, you're referring to none other than George Soros, right? He and whoever he is affiliated with want to see this country torn apart. You know, when I was in Mar-a-Lago like last week, I asked a lot of really smart people, some of whom were Jewish, as I am. Why would a Jew who escaped Nazi Germany and found refuge in America want to destroy America? And they said it's simple because he sees any nationalism as the resurgence of of Nazism. Is, Is that in your mind the 
animus of Georgie Soros and his son? It's difficult to uh, to project what is driving anybody on uh, uh, on the international stage right now. Huh. It's, prob- it's probably more complicated than that. You know, I grew up with Holocaust survivors, and I know that it's a complex series of uh, psychological uh, issues that they faced, and as a result, that we faced. Wait, wait. Let, let, let's let's focus on this, Jeff. No one really wants to talk about it. So, like, we skirt around it. People are traumatized by a horrendous thing such as being enslaved and tortured in a concentration camp. And they're permanently scarred. Their minds are permanently warped. uh, With PTSD, to put it in a generic term, right? Yeah, well, on the top of that, they went from uh, a concentration camp to the British internment camp in Cyprus before they were allowed to go to, to what was then Palestine which was on the verge of becoming the state of Israel. Uh, and then it took five years for them to be allowed to come into the United States. Uh, and on top of which, the husband of my my great aunt was killed in a concentration camp. So she ended up marrying his brother in order to propagate again. We, we, we needed children. Um, so well, how again, come this generation doesn't need children? They need like dogs. See girls walking around New York City with strollers with a poodle in them. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that in the excerpts as well. And of course, you know, you had the uh, the take your dog to work uh, phenomenon. Look, you're a dog person. I'm not. So you'd be better qualified to answer that. <laughs> OK, thanks for, for throwing it back at my face. You yeah. know, there's a phrase, Jeff, that says the society is going to the dogs. That to yeah. me summarizes it all. Do you think that this assault upon our so-called traditional values is part of the plan to destroy the integrity of America? Yes, that's what I said earlier. I think this is all of a piece in the sense that look, the, the attack on, on President Trump is unwarranted. It's illegal uh, in the sense that it, there's no legal foundation for it. Apparently, there are 35 separate counts. You don't, you don't mass counts like that if you have one good one. It's just not done that way. Uh, It failed against John Edwards uh, a dozen years ago when he paid uh, Rial Hunter, who was his mistress. uh, He he skated on that one. There's there's no there there. And I I submitted a letter to uh, to the prosecutor on behalf of um, one of my friends who was testifying, explaining the history of catch and kill, which is what this was. Going back to Warren Harding, President Harding and his love child, this is not a new phenomenon. So people have been people have been catching bad stories and killing it with payoffs for a hundred years at least, and probably longer if you think of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings and and their descendants. Um, Wait, wait, Stormy Daniels, the stripper according to my attorney, is an extortionist. She violated New York state law. I put it on Newsmax TV the other day. She actually should be charged with extortion, according to New York state law. And she did indeed extort money from Donald Trump, just like her ex-lawyer Avenatti tried on Nike. But as my lawyer said, but while the shyster is in prison or was in prison, the porno star who extorted $130,000 signed a legally binding contract stating that she is prohibited from speaking about this for which she was ordered to pay Donald J. Trump $300,000, which she still owes. And now she's playing the victim when, in fact, she's just prostituting herself as usual, some would say. Right. Yeah. Well, but again, you're you're looking at this from the point of view of legality and and, uh, you know, what 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 the foundation for all of this is. It's a hit job. It's got nothing to do with law. Alvin Bragg, I called another crazy arrest by madman Alvin Bragg just the other day. A garage worker finds someone breaking into cars. They get in a scuffle. The guy, the criminal shoots him. He grabs the gun from the criminal and shoots the criminal. And he's arrested. Then, of course, released after the outcry. That's Alvin Bragg turning the law upside down. Right. Yeah, it was the same with the bodega owner about, you know, about half a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, But again, if we were talking about legality. Where is Jeffrey Epstein's little black book? How is Ghislaine Maxwell, the only procurer, to my knowledge, who's gone to prison for having no clients? Jesus. 
right? So we're not talking about law. We're talking about a hit job against Donald Trump. And as we have spoken about, the horrifying thing about this is this is banana republic behavior. This is not a newsflash where you arrest the opposition leader so that you have a clear path. This is done in Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Cuba, Cuba. It was done by Castro, correct? Yeah. And so on quote, on quote, trumped up charges to use the word Trump a few times. Right. Right. So where and by the way, he's not going to go to prison because the, the Secret Service could not protect him in prison. And that's something that they have to continue doing regardless. Oh, wait, wait, Jeff, I have to intervene. By the time this podcast is published, the indictment will have been unsealed and he will have been booked, et cetera, and released. So we're we're, we're recording this one day before and I'm going to add something to this tomorrow. Right. I don't know. I personally don't know that we know for a fact that they're not going to pull a trick on him and arrest him and put him in prison. We don't know this, but the Secret Service do know this, and they're going to have to be a party to this. Um, uh, Oh, the Secret Service that's run by Joe Biden? It's listen. The Secret Service cannot allow their charge to be taken to prison without them being there, without them being present in the prison. It's just not going to happen. And if it does, then we have seen an absolute collapse of any kind of civilized behavior in the United States. All right. We'll know this in a few hours, really, what it comes down to. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Boy, let's slow down for a minute. I don't want to lose the context at all. You and I could talk about anything forever. And to me, it's interesting. But is the audience following me where we're going here? The title of today's podcast, and all I care about is Trump's indictment. How is this related to drag shows? I'll tell you exactly how it's related. Ah, I knew you would. Okay. We are headed, and I, I, you and I have talked about this privately. We are headed for what I believe is a national divorce. Ah. And it's not going to be on a state-by-state basis the way it was during the Civil War. What we're going to end up seeing almost by necessity are the progressive citizens or the woke citizens of America and the traditional citizens of America. And in that divorce, I think the traditional citizens get the Constitution. um, And it's almost as if you have to register with one government or the other. And I think the same is true of members of the military. Do you want to be part of the woke military or the traditional military? But how does that work? Well, they have two, two of each. Well, you would you would have a cooperative and you would have uh, police forces that respond differently to however you are registered. In other words, you actually think this is going to happen. What do you see as an alternative, Michael? Well, I used to joke about the porn belt versus the corn belt. Yeah. In a way. Right. The porn belt versus the corn belt. So the cool people living in New York and San Francisco who love their crime and stepping in feces are in the porn belt. They're the ones who think it's perfectly fine to perform drag shows in front of five year old children. Uh, Those from the corn belt who could be living in New York, San Francisco or Chicago as well could be very sophisticated people. But don't think it's okay for psychotics dressed up as women with fake breasts hanging off their dresses in an exaggerated fashion to let us say, brainwash our children. That's the corn belt. Well, again, the question is, look, I grew up, like I said, I, w- I was a kid around uh, around drag queens and um, uh, that I, I don't think it had a negative impact. I mean, I remember, I remember having to, to call the police once because there were a bunch of drag queens coming out of a place called One Potato and they were having a fight in the street. It's about two in the morning. And uh, the dispatcher said, are there any weapons? And I said, they're hitting each other with wigs. I don't know if that qualifies. Is that uh, true? They really were absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Well, you know what I you know, it's funny. You're bringing stuff up. I remember when I was young and I used to laugh at gays as a kid because that's what you were supposed to do. My father said, don't do that for a couple of reasons. One, it's wrong. And two, they can knock your ass off. Some of them. They're really tough. Yeah. It was the first time I understood that a gay person could be tough and strong until I realized there were gay boxers in the ring. I'll never forget some of the fights uh, of some of the actual homosexual fighters 
boxers in New York in the 50s. Remember those days? I mean, I absolutely do. And it shows the danger of stereotyping anything. Right. Um, but um, but we're uh, talking about gays when we're supposed to be talking about Trump's uh, indictment. How oh, Biden so, is communist no, but I think I think it's all. But going back to the uh, to the situation in which not only Trump finds himself, but how America finds itself, you predicted a national divorce. Uh, certainly there is already a psychological national divorce of the traditionalist versus the insane. Without any regard for forget morality, the word has no meaning. Stability or sanity. Is well, no, the how word, I mean. Michael, the, the word morality does have meaning, it's just we have lost that meaning because we have, and I say we, I mean, this nation as a whole has discarded religion, has discarded traditional values, has decided that there is no such thing as objective morality, and therefore it's do whatever you want. And that was never the way the United States. Functioned. I mean, if it feels good, do you know, I was listening to music the other day in my car. I, put, I, I was away and I came back and I drove in my, my Corvette, which is like still new. I, I, it's a way to erase the world I live in. I, I slipped back into another time and I put on my Apple music and some rock and roll, you know, and I go into a dream state for 20 minutes. I, I, it's the world goes away. And a song came up by Frankie Valley called Greece, and I had never really listened to the lyrics. And the lyrics were shocking when I actually listened to them as an older man, which is we have erased or we have thrown away tradition. Convention, 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 mm -hmm. convention is gone. Convention is gone. And we're just dancing away the night. Convention is gone. Con and I said, wait a minute. This says it all. So what? That was the slippery slope. Throw convention away and wind up with transvestites in your schoolroom. Um, and wind up with a president arrested for no charge. You know, look, in the 60s, these issues, civil rights, women's liberation, gay liberation were urgently needed. We needed to course correct. And I don't think any any sentient being would have said, oh, no, let's keep things the way they are. Um, well, there were a few. But George Wallace would have disagreed with. Uh, I was going to say, but George Wallace was overruled by saner, more responsible individuals. But what happened to that course correction is the pendulum swung in in a completely different direction to the point where the left is now espousing what they decried in the 1950s, which was blacklisting. Look at of all course, I'm banned. I'm banned in a nation. I know what cancellation is. But Jeff, wait, I don't want to make myself into a victim. OK, so the pendulum has been moved so far to the left that it was broken off the clock, so to speak. The clock yeah. is broken. Or as I put it in another way years ago, a bird needs two wings to fly a left and a right wing. And when you break the wing, the right wing off a bird, what happens is it crashes to Earth. Can this bird ever fly again, Jeff? Um, yes, but. The first of all, you and I will listen to anybody. We'll talk to anybody about anything. A lot of people will not. You know, if you say the word about abortion, right, already half the people in the room will leave because they don't want to discuss it. They feel you have no right to discuss it, et cetera. Too many topics like that. The reality is that when people feel things, as we were discussing earlier, oh, it's my feeling, so it must be true. They are unable to defend with rational discussion or argument their positions. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So, Jeff, wait, I asked you when we started this, how do we talk about world topics when Trump is being indicted? And that's the only thing anyone's interested in discussing. And you said, it's a good question, but I think the larger question is, how do we as a nation come back from this? The destruction being wrought by the Democrats on law and order, on society, on fraternity, on international issues, you said, we may be past the point of no return. That is really the conversation. So you came up with a theory, but truthfully, Jeff, on a, on a pragmatic level, seeing the speed at which the, the, the Bidenites the Bidenites. You almost said Obamaites. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a slip of the uh, true tongue. Yeah. The uh, the Bidenites have moved so rapidly, and they have so much time left to literally destroy everything left in this country. 
through the left, <laughs> through the left. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Can, can we ever recover? Again, not as long as we remain passive in the face of this kind of aggression. Bingo. Wait, so Jeff, so guess what? I have a book that I've been working on for over a year that they're moving up rapidly. I think it's coming out in September. It's called A Savage Republic. And what's my thesis? Only a more savage republic can survive. So what do I mean by a more savage? I mean, more a militant. Years ago, I said that even a strawberry has barbs on it. If you look at the strawberry with a microscope, a magnifying glass, even a humble strawberry was evolved to have barbs on it to reduce the amount of the fruit that could be eaten by an insect of that fruit. And we're like a giant strawberry without barbs. They've taken the barbs off our berries. I said that 25 years ago. People loved it. People forgotten. So how are we going to get the barbs back on our berries, Jeff? Well, we have to stop this, this identity harvesting in politics. You know, we used to be Americans uh, 364 days a year. The other day Identity we have- politics, identity harvesting. What does that mean? Well, it means that, you know, we're going to we're going to grab this group and this group and we're going to patronize this group and we're going to cater to this group and we're going to amass enough of these groups to give us a plurality or a majority and attack only the one group that is attackable, which is the heterosexual Christian white group. Right. And you're going to. So so when you have BIPOC, which is, um, you know, black and indigenous and people of color, what you're doing is grouping disparate peoples together under one banner. But they don't all like each other. That, this is the thing That's that doesn't not work. The point. That's not the point. It scares corporate sponsors into you and I have discussed the fact that the heterosexual white men are pretty much invisible in the media right now, certainly in advertising. Oh, my God. All right. And yeah. I, I understand, again, how the pendulum swings. But um, the the. The idea that we would have a parade one day a year as Irish American or Italian American or whatever, and then we get on with being American has vanished. That has to return. Now, look at the past. World War II, 9-11. Those things made everybody or a lot of people American for the, the duration. So is it going to take another national tragedy either to divide us or to completely destroy? You know, I, I predict and so do some smart people that before this year is over, there's going to be a national catastrophe on the order of some kind of attack, some kind of either set up fake attack or a real attack by the enemies of America. What do you think about that? It's certainly possible. A cyber attack is a realistic problem. And, and you have to ask yourself, though, what will Americans do if all of their cell phones are gone? Will they capitulate to the enemy to get TikTok back or will they stand up and fight? Well, my, you know, mean, my wife just said to me yesterday that she understands there's a trend amongst the young to get rid of iPhones and they're buying old flip phones because they don't want to be slaves to the iPhone. Is that something that you could comment on? I, I don't know if that's true. I will tell you that I saw a post from some guy who uh, resented having to go back to the office to work because oh. the boss said the boss said you can't work at home. All right. So the guy reluctantly went back and then he posted <laughs> proudly. My boss called me after hours to ask me a question. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't work from home. You'll have to ask me tomorrow. Wow. So right away, we have confrontation wherever you turn. That's There's right. People. Everyone has a right to tell everyone else to go to hell. But you can't right. say those telling you to go to hell to go to hell if you're a Christian or Jewish traditionalist. That, there was you know, a guy, I, I saw something on uh, maybe it was Fox. I don't know um, where somebody didn't get a job because he used the word ladies in an email. <laughs> We, we have reached that stage of, of uh, fussiness. It's, so you ask me for the way back. Yes, I agree with you that a, that a strict law and order, president, governors, et cetera, are necessary. Uh, Ron DeSantis has done a, a, a very good job in Florida, but, but I do not know if that flies on a national scale. Wait, let's to- slow let's slow down for a minute. You know, we were talking about law and order. What does that actually mean? Arresting people who commit crimes? Yes. Uh, not saying you can rob up to nine hundred and fifty dollars of stuff out of Walgreens without being arrested, that you can go in with a cart and clean the store out if it's nine hundred and forty nine dollars worth, like in California or whatever the number is. 
Yeah, like make it zero. If you rob a piece of gum, throw them in jail for if 30 beat, days. If you beat up someone on the if you if there's an assault on the street, if yes. you rob people, if you if there's a home invasion, you don't let them walk with no bail. You don't let them walk, period. But well, I was told, not- in Flo- you know, Jeff, I got to go back to Florida because it's a different world. It's I call it the free state of Florida. And the people I talked to said, you know why there's such low crime here? I said, why? Because people will kill you. If you attack, if you break into the house, they'll just shoot you and kill you. There's so many armed people here. People said to me, do you realize that Southern Florida is not really like a, a, a borough of New York the way it always had been? Southern Florida is more like Alabama in many ways, in mores. And people will defend themselves in Florida. Well, here Unlike- in New England, people will do the same thing. I was talking to somebody who, who is a doctor, uh, a physician who said, if there's a home invasion, I will shoot the person dead and go back to sleep. And I so mean, do you people, think that there's a turning of the tide? It's a slow turning, but I don't know if it'll happen fast enough. And I also ah. don't know if it'll happen um, in sufficient numbers to counteract the crybabies that are coming up. Yeah, but they're not crybabies, you know, crybabies, crybabies, crybabies. I'm stuck with my word, Bob's on the berries. Yeah. But Jeff. I don't know that we can um, come back without a a severe law and order America. I have to go back to the Weimar Republic, the 1920s Germany, which was conservative compared to the degeneracy and sickness of America today. But it was the Weimar Republic with high inflation, degeneracy in the arts, a lack of morals, uh, morality. And I, I quoted the other day on a podcast with another guest, Thomas Mann's great novella disorder and early sorrow i remember reading it in college so it's told through the eyes of a traditional older professor who's become irrelevant in his society as our professors have in america he's on a tram in berlin and he sees teenagers acting up on the tram and to him that symbolizes how his society is crumbling in a very a formerly orderly germany how it's falling apart and uh, what happened next runaway inflation you needed a wheelbarrow full of German marks to buy a loaf of bread. We're not there yet in America. It could happen under Biden with the endless printing of money to support this welfare state and also to support this war uh, that people forget. I've said it over and over again. Every bullet costs money. Wars are not free. And I believe the war is bankrupting America. And unless this is ended soon, we're liable to see you needing a wheelbarrow full of money to buy a loaf of bread in America. But what happened after the Weimar Republic? The people were freaked out and a little Austrian came along by the name of Adolf Hitler. And he then pretended to be a centrist. Didn't he? He didn't. He didn't run as a firebrand right winger. He ran as a centrist. He issued his military garb. He ran as a businessman. The next thing we knew, we had uh, the Holocaust and World War Two. If you look at if you look at the the movie the documentary Triumph of the Will about the Nuremberg rallies, all right, it is it is it is nationalism to the hilt. Um, but there is not a German who would have watched that and felt anything but pride. All right, now please, I am not endorsing Hitler or anything that he did. But when you talk about needing a law and order. Uh, president, the danger is that you will enact your private prejudices. It has to be something other than that. Whether whether you can make an option. Yeah, but isn't, isn't Biden an authoritarian leftist when he does celebrations that offend 90 percent of Americans, black and white together yeah, by but celebrating then, Trans Day yeah, after the shooting they, of children? Sure, Michael, but then they go out and vote against Republicans because of the uh, the, the abortion issue and the uh, the baloney about uh, wanting to get rid of Social Security. People I are- understand. I was the one who said that the abortion issue was put in there by the liberals on the Supreme Court. Someone moved it up on the docket. It didn't have to be put there just before the election. Someone is the enemy within. And I sense it's the Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party that engineered the abortion thing coming out just before the midterms. That's why we took such a beating. 
Right. So as long as you have control over things like that, there is no hope of restoring any kind of uh, balance. Why is it so many old haggy leftist women who are way past reproductive age, who happen to be lesbians, so obsessed with abortion? They never had they never will have children again. Why are they obsessed with it? Well, I don't know that that's I mean, I, I can't I can't talk to the percentages of uh, of those. It's uh, usually uh, screaming old uh, menopausal lesbians scream most about abortion on television. Just look at the view. Home of borders, language, culture, the savage nation. Well, if we could focus for a minute on where we go from here, you had a theory that America would break between the yeah. traditionalists and what I would call those burning America down. I don't know how else to put it. They arrest the president on a trumped up charge. America's outraged. You know, he, you know, Jeff, I don't think we should lose the fact that 72% of independents think this is a political persecution and it's the independents who determine who will win the election. Yeah, but what's going to happen then? Look, the crybabies on the left have already proven that they will riot, burn, protest, go to people's homes, docks, etc. How do you how do you deal with that except through law enforcement? So, right. In other words, they're violent extremists and they're revolutionaries. And we've seen it before. And unless the police arrest them, uh, we lose our society and our freedom. Yeah. So even if Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, uh, Nikki Haley, one of the other Republican candidates becomes president, even if we have the Congress Republican, it won't matter if cities are burning on a daily basis and the military is not going to attack our own citizens. The police forces have been depleted. What are they going to do? But can't wait, wait, hold on. Trump could have called out the National Guard during the Antifa riots, and he didn't. He was constrained from doing so by the liberals around him, and we know who they were. Well, he but it's a, fair, it's a fair challenge to say, well, the, the American military should not be firing on American citizens. We all remember Kent State. No, no, of uh, course not. But what about the National Guards? Well, again, it's are you going to split hairs about what constitutes American military force? Especially when, look, you, you need to turn them loose on the cartels first before before you do any of this. But here's here's the way, and we should probably write this book, uh, A National Divorce, Who Gets the Constitution, um, uh, or at least a trial separation. Within five years, the progressive woke left will have collapsed of its own ineffectual stupid weight. They need taxpayers in order to fund their their climate baloney, their the Ukraine war, et cetera, et cetera. If we are not available to do that financing, where's the money going to come from? Wait a minute. Let's stop right there. They'll just keep taking it. Not if but, we're two separate, not if we're two separate political <laughs> entities. Well, yeah, but you're being you're being intellectually interesting, but practically it can't happen. Thing is, is you know, you and I were, were emailing earlier, um, and I, I sent you this um, oh this breakdown of a um, of a theatrical audition. We we were just talking about the triggers of the Holocaust and how certain things affected Holocaust survivors. So this breakdown not only that is what what you give to actors so that they know whether they should audition for the part. In addition to the natural skills like singing and dancing, it cautions them that there are um, issues with aerophobia, fear of flying. Wait, wait, what you, wait, 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 wait. I don't understand. What cautions them? That the play? The, the audition, before you go into audition, <laughs> warning you that these triggers exist in the script. Oh, oh, in this. And what's the what is the script? I'm just curious. It's called um, Diva Royale. Okay, so it's a script for a play. That, and and, the play all, is being, the and play all the is players being are warned in advance about the fact that the script may trigger the following in them. What, what might it trigger in them? Aerophobia, fear of flying, parasocial relationships <laughs> slash parochial sexual relationships, parenthesis, sexual attraction to individuals who would never reciprocate their feelings due to celebrity or fictional characters, 
gender, gender, race, cultural, social revelations or stereotypes, bias and institutional racism, claustrophobia, theft mugging, force impressions, nomophobia, fear of being without a mobile phone, drag <laughs> performances, suicidal thoughts, bribery, intellectual masturbation, emotional paralysis, delusional disorder, et cetera, et cetera. This is just the audition notice. Wait a minute, they actually give this to actors? Before, when they post the, the availability of this part. Oh, my now, God. Now, it, it's no longer can you sing and dance and are you this age? It's all of these things you should be aware of before you even audition. Now, how is this possible? How is it possible? Uh, uh, weren't we told years ago that an artist's job is to almost act like a criminal and to upset the public with the with the with the art? Yeah, sure. Right. To upset the public with the art. Right. Yeah. But but now the protection is for the actors. It's no longer about what's the audience going to feel. It's to protect the actors. Well, they're and all yeah. sensitive. They're more sensitive than anyone else, aren't they? And more, well, they feel more than everyone else. Well, you know, just to, to leap ahead, that's the problem with what we're seeing in, in the nation now. Everybody is reacting to how they feel to things. And they believe they feel things so strongly that they therefore assume you must be wrong if you disagree with their feelings. So in other words, if it feels good, do it. It goes back to the ethos of the 60s. Why not do it in the road? If it feels good, do it. Right. Why don't we do it in the road? Was right. And if it feels bad, wait, and if it feels bad, don't do it and don't let anyone else do it or say it. Exactly. And so what we see is a nation of crybabies who feel things and express it and tell you that you're wrong if you don't agree with them. But wait, but shooting children in a school while dressed in drag with an assault rifle, killing them is something they didn't feel. Instead, they felt the pain of the killer. They felt, that, that they felt that within four days, there had to be a trans day of visibility because of the bullying of trans people. Now, look, this is not a judgment of trans people and bullying and, and gender or anything like that. This is a matter of bad taste. Right. Yeah, but these children were executed by a psychotic who happened to be uh, in his own mind, a trans person in his own mind. Right. Well, you know, again, I can't say what was in that person's mind, but I can say that there isn't even a valid definition of what constitutes trans. If you go on Twitter ah. and you look at people who are, they have, they have breasts, they're gorgeous, and they still have male genitalia. They call themselves G-U-R-L-S, girls. And no, they're female. Aren't they shemales? Well, that's what we used to call them. We used to call them other things too, but that's not the point anymore. The point is that these behaviors have been legitimized. Right or wrong, it's not for me to say. But wait, wait, let's slow down. I don't really look, I find the muted sexuality of people very interesting from the point of view of almost an anthropologist looking in. It doesn't it doesn't bother me in a negative way. And it was it was a long time in America that so-called individuals, trans individuals, they lived they had their sex, they had their lives. They didn't try to impose their, let us say, third sex. Let's say the third sex. It's not an apt term because it was used by Sartre's um, compatriot. Didn't she write a book called The Third Sex in the 60s? Remember her? Oh, but even before that, in India, there, there's the, the cast of the third sex. The, the issue, look, when I grew up in New York, I was around cross-dressers and gays and everything, and it was perfectly normal to me. And I, I didn't see a problem with it. It was it was. Didn't your uncle run a burlesque theater he, or something? He, my uncle ran a costume store and we oh, sold right. we sold gowns and boas to the cross. Oh, my God. Wait a minute, Jeff. This is what this is what I'm saying. So people think we're we're kind of um, uh, kind of country bumpkins. You actually grew up in the heart of this world. Yeah. Without yeah, and, was, and I, as the son of an antique dealer on the Lower East Side, certainly had my share of gay, lesbian, bisexuals. They were all over the antiques market all the time. No one actually ridiculed them. They just no. were people who shopped in there. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, when I was 13 years old and we were making deliveries to the burlesque houses. And my uncle would say to me, just look, 
you know, if they have an Adam's apple and thick wrists, it's probably a guy. And I, I said, my God, but they're beautiful. I said, yep, that's why they're here. And it was perfectly normal to me. Jeff, what burlesque theater was on Second Avenue? I'm I don't know Second Avenue because most of the burlesque theaters that we went to were on 42nd Street and 10th Avenue. That's oh, where the old machines went in from exactly. the mafia years later. Really? Exactly. Burlesque theaters became the 25 cent jack of dollars. And don't forget, that was where on, on 9th Avenue they had the all male reviews as well. Oh, wow. So, you know, it was it was a perfectly Hell's Hell's Kitchen, Ninth Hell's Avenue. Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen was was the home of the the Adonis and the all male reviews. <laughs> it was it was perfectly normal to me, and it it still is. I I, I have no I have no but nobody. With- but Jeff, very few people were offended by it. If they were, they didn't go there. No one cared. They didn't certainly expect them to go to our elementary schools and do an act, did they? No, no, no. That was that was not happening. And the other thing was uh, before Stonewall, gay men could not touch at the gay bars. <laughs> there were there were semi trucks that were pulled up to the FDR at night and you paid admission to get into the truck, into the back, uh, into the, the cargo area. And they closed the door and you had your party in there. Come on. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. What, what era was this? This was the late uh, mid to late 60s. <laughs> My God, they partied in trucks because it was illegal to touch in a bar. Right. Exactly. You've come a long way, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, all of those changes, the gay liberation front, all of that was very much needed in the late 60s into the early 70s. But we were not asked then to cheerlead for anybody's choices and to accept that as um, the the mainstream way that we must behave and accept. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. You know, years ago, Jeff, I wrote a book called The Enemy Within. Yep. And I tried to pull it out on TV the other day and talked about Cicero, about a nation can survive its fools. But I looked at this book. It was published in 2002, I believe. The Enemy Within, Saving America from the Liberal Assault on Our Schools, Faith, and Military. And, you know, I was in 2003, and I was in Mar-a-Lago a few weeks ago. And I shouldn't mention his name, but he's one of the most prominent people in Trump's inner circle. And I wouldn't call him a friend of mine at all. You know what he said to me? He said, you know, 20 years ago, we all thought you were crazy when you're on the radio. He said, now it turned out you're a prophet. I said, well, now what? Now what do you want to do? I'm not looking for a reward. How do we save the country? I think the only thing that can save the country between you and I is a law and order candidate who cracks some skulls and arrests the violent left, period. End of story. You can't do it any other way. Sure, but you're not going to see that. Look, this is what Rudy Giuliani did in in New York City, and it worked. New York turned into an incredibly safe place from being a disaster area. How did he do it? By cracking skulls and arresting yeah. criminals? Yeah, they, there was an overreaction by police. And there were times I'd be walking the streets and it would be a little alarming to see, you know, the squeegee guys being pulled off of cars and, and tossed around. On but that's the, how uh, they st- that's how he cleaned up the city by starting at the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, whether you can go back to <laughs> but Jeff, street, the squeegee guys are now running America. <laughs> But that's just it. You know, if they're if they're allowed to settle in Portland, in Manhattan, in in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, if our major cities collapse, what's going to happen? New York can't afford all the uh, the illegals that have been shipped there. No, I, I disagree with you that a, that a national divorce. Look, we're all we're we're registered to different political parties. All you have to do is take that up a notch to pay your taxes to a specific governing body. Uh, to subscribe to the laws of that governing body. Uh, and All right, again, I understand you, hey, Jeff, come on. It's a realistic and unrealistic proposal. Of course, there's a psychological division already. I get it, right? But no one's going to have two states within a state. It's not going to happen. There has to be some kind of clear dividing line. But you, you said something fascinating earlier. And, you know, a lot of our society, I think, can be seen through the arts. And you're very deeply involved in arts. You've written so many screenplays. If I'm not mistaken, you're 
Your wife is an actress, correct? Yeah. So you know the inside of what they've been doing to this country. And you sent me the trigger warnings that go into auditions. And I read them and I couldn't believe it. You said first is an actual audition breakdown. These used to just have character parameters of what the character should look like, meaning we need a tall male, black or white or Hispanic or Chinese or Asian, right? Yeah. Now it's now the audition says the new edition of uh, Gone with the Wind. Oh no, that's 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 a book. That's okay. the new that's the publisher's new edition where they're warning you about hateful this how hateful this novel is. <laughs> Which and Gone with the Wind, where is that? I'm looking I'm going down character breakdown Helen Millerby. No, no, that's that's the play that I was reading before. Here I have the Macmillan which publishes uh the the novel he, he let me let me see if i can find so here uh the text of the and mind you we're in an era when the text of books is being changed to remove so-called offensive language this is right out of brave in the world isn't it well worse than that the text of this <laughs> book remains true to the original in every way and as reflective of the language and period in which it was originally written we want to alert readers that there may be hurtful or indeed harmful phrases and terminology that were prevalent at the time this novel was written and which are true to the context of the historical setting um so they don't want to change the text uh, this does not however constitute an endorsement of the content or language it's warning of racist depictions and gone with the wind it, yeah and it depicts um quote uh, product of the time and depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudice. Well, Jeff, come on. I predicted 25 years ago that they would eventually burn the Bible because it's filled with too many racist, sexist uh, stereotypes. Yeah, you but read the, the Bible, the Bible is almost a, um, a, a manifesto of leftist ideas. You've got one man with many wives. So right there is your polyamory. <laughs> people having psychedelic visions. Okay. Again, <laughs> you, 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 you've got the left there. Come on, you, you um, read Leviticus and I guarantee you, we're going to see people demanding that the old Testament's all be burned. Uh, I don't know. Ezekiel may save us because, uh, you know, he, um, he, Who? he Ezekiel, he uh, he was the one who said that the Lord promised us to uh, open our graves and raise us from the dead. So they may they may like that part. But then I then I look at a novel like Ivanhoe, which has been in schools for centuries. Ivanhoe, who wrote so you, Ivanhoe? Walter Scott. So Walter Scott. Okay. okay. So somebody comes to the door and says, "Art thou Isaac the Jew?" Okay. I am, replied Isaac. Um, and then the guy goes on to say. Uh, that he's there to pay money and must know that I deliver it to the right person. Thou who thou who art to receive it, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, said the Jew, you are come to pay money. Holy Father Abraham. Uh, that altereth our relation to each other. Now, if that is not stereotypical, stereotypical uh, uh, views of the Jew, I don't know what is. Isaac the Jew, that's what they call him. Right. Nobody is, is crying to ban. Well, you look at mafia movies from as near as 10 years ago when the Italians were allegedly talking their real lingo. They would say, what did the Jews say? Remember? Yeah. Almost every every mafia movie was they had what what the Jews say, even as, as near as uh, uh, what's this latest one that Scorsese did that was kind of, you know, m mixed review with the, the, the painter or something like that. What, the Irishman? The Irishman. Yeah, yeah. So the characters all say, what did the Jews say? Remember, even in that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that offensive? Well, I, I don't find it so. But then again, who cares? I mean, I, <laughs> I, and I, I like I mean, offensive movies. Sense, uh, I mean, who cares in the sense that just man up and, and realize that, you know, this is how people talk. This is how they think. And cowing them to silence is not going to solve anything. Michael Savage, a host like no other. As we go to press today, yeah. if this podcast will be posted, as you know, after the Trump indictment is unsealed, after the president has been booked and photographed and hopefully released, and hopefully by the time this podcast is being heard, the president is speaking 
home and safe in Mar-a-Lago. Final words on your thoughts about America today. How do we as a nation come back from this? How do we save ourselves from the destruction of Joe Biden and his radical communists? Can it be done? I'm not sure it can be done at the ballot box because we all know that that's not that is no longer a trustworthy. Okay. So what? It becomes process. violence then? Malicious? Have no, to say no, 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 no. You can never, you can never promote violence. First of all, we know that we see that it didn't work for Russia in Ukraine, and it doesn't work the other way. Uh, Ukraine. It's working for the left, though. Their violence has intimidated the entire nation. Ah, they can be violent, but we are bending to it. We are being fearful of it. That's so how do we stop? That- so in other words, you're saying that the only way to save the country is to stand up to the violence of the American left. To repudiate it, to reject it. Look, this is traditional, traditional martial arts behavior in the sense that you do not fight their fight. You take it over and make it your own. And How? we do that with words. We do that with with articulating our positions. Well, we're doing that on this podcast, aren't we? Yeah, but you have to do it without fear across the board if but jeff we, we can't fight we can't fight violent mobs with peace talk they don't care about us they're rolling us over no you have to stop the people who are covering those violent mobs as clickbait all right you, we have to we have to tell the by with our dollars or our voices or whatever else we have at our disposal stop covering this stuff you, you know, think the, that the you think idea, the corporations who are paying for it are going to stop? We have to promote the idea that if it bleeds, it leads is really bad on every level. And that's all they do. And that's if it burns, it earns. I get it. If it burns, it earns. If it bleeds, it leads. You burn we, a city down. You're on the front page, baby. We have to reject that. We have to reject that shoulder to shoulder and with very loud voices. All right. That's your final word on today's podcast. Any other final, final word? No, we will. We will see what happens. I, I, you know, Alvin Bragg is using this as a stepping stone to higher office. He wants to be the guy who got the mugshot. And uh, I think that's as far as he's really thought this through. You know, I looked up Alan Bragg. He went to Harvard. Alvin Bragg. Yeah. He actually graduated cum laude. How is that possible? He's stupid. Well, you know, uh, a, a lot of people get hand carried through through university if they fit demographic. Uh, and How did he pass the bar? How did this dummy pass the bar? I don't know. Same way Obama did, I guess. I don't know. I guess the same way that Al Sharpton became a reverend at age five. Again, I don't know. We, we don't know. Um, but um, I think the current behavior is indicative of, of a kind of a moral dishonesty and ambition. And that's. As, as I quoted two weeks ago, which has largely been picked up by everyone in, in the in their so-called conservative media, it was Beria, the mass murderer under Stalin, the torturer, the rapist Beria, who said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. And yeah. that, of course, is what Alvin Bragg is is mimicking and imitating without even knowing that he is the barrier of our time. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, thanks we, for agreeing with me for once. I appreciate it. No, I agree with I agree with you a lot. I just, <laughs> I'm I just joking. Think, Come on. I, I just think that. No, I just think that that violence and anger and and uh, a, a loss of any kind of decorum plays into what the left is trying to do. Well, I know they want a civil war. I wrote a book called Stop the Coming Civil yep. War. You and I wrote a book called Mass Hysteria. Yeah, we, we've worked together for many, many years. You're a martial artist. I'm not. I'm a verbal artist. I'm not so sure that nice words are going to stop the Red Guard. I'm well, not so sure that if the middle class in Cambodia said, hey, kids, I don't want to be beaten up and put in a, in a tournament camp would work here. The first thing they did, and I keep this picture on my desk, it shows weapons being rounded up in Phnom Penh by the Red Guard at every street corner. And next, we saw the internment of the entire middle class after Pol Pot came back from Paris and studied Marxism, came back and he introduced Marxism. The first thing he did was gather the weapons. And the young girl who I had on the show, you probably know this great Korean, Yeonmi Park, Yeonmi Park, great mm-hmm. hero to me, a North Korean defector, searches for freedom in America. She said, the only thing that will save this country is the Second Amendment. 
that's quite possibly true, but I would also point to uh, the Roman Emperor Constantine, who at one point had to bow to the the quiet morality of early Christianity and, ah. make it, and make it the religion of Rome because the Roman way, conquering, violence, slavery, didn't work anymore. Why didn't it work? Because you had too many pockets of resistance. You had, you had too much corruption. You had too many ordinary citizens who had had enough and became Christians. Wait, and wait. He saw... But wait, the Christians were, um, were the Christians the, all pacifists at that time? No, there was no look. There was no. Don't forget that that uh, early Christians were basically Jews who had who had been converted. But what Constantine did wisely was pull from other faiths. No, they just wanted shrimp and, and ham sandwiches. Was Come that, on, is that what it was? Michael? That's all it was. I, I they saw the Romans having, the, will, They saw I'm the Romans eating the, shrimp scampi, and they wanted to become Christian. Okay, I will disagree with you on that because the you know the symbol was fish, not shrimp. But um, uh, I would, are there I, kosher shrimp these days? I, I really don't know. <laughs> Sorry. But, so Jeff, no. you'll be you'll be becoming a pacifist in your old age. A guy like you? Well, no. I just I just know that uh, you know beating the crap out of someone really doesn't affect any kind of permanent solution. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's their crap being beaten out of them, not your crap being beaten out of you. Yeah, but you you and I both. In New York, you would see them come back with three other guys, and this thing escalates, right? It always escalates. So you are saying you're actually espousing peace as the only answer. Give peace a chance. Um, it's probably so we, we should put flowers in the guns of Antifa. Well, you know, uh, that, that didn't stop Kent State, but it did become uh, another another famous image of, uh, of that era. I'm not saying it's necessarily the only answer, but it's certainly the best answer. And I, I, I stand on, uh, on Gandhi and Martin Luther King and others who espouse that belief. Um, and again, I, I just don't see the other one leading to anything except civil war, violence, death and destruction. And uh, that's do you not think, do you think we'll have a civil war before Biden's term is over? I don't know if it'll be a civil war like the last one, but I do believe that there may be. And I wrote a novel about this called The Black Order. Uh, I do believe you may see armed resistance uh, against authority. Yes. Well, I think we're in a civil war personally, and I think that the left is winning and we're not firing a shot. That's my opinion. OK. Um, But I know that there are people who are boiling over with rage and anger and are waiting for something to ignite them to fight back. Well, we'll know later today if this is it. Jeff Rovin. As always, it's stimulating speaking with someone of your intellect, and I don't know what will be happening tomorrow because I am not a prophet. I'm only a podcast host. Well, despite despite you're, what some you're, you're, might... being, you're being unduly modest. And uh, I would say that if if people go back and listen to your your radio cast, read the books, et cetera, et cetera, they'll find a valid roadmap forward. Uh, but again, that would require reading and actual reading, reading a thing called a book. You know, my without, books without actually, a trigger without a my trigger books warning. all have to have new trigger warnings put on. Yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> Every one of them may contain. Uh, liberal assault on our schools, faith and military. What would the trigger warnings be? Literally every page is a trigger. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I'm proud of it. Jeff, thanks for being with us again. What are those toys on your right? What are those little toy animals? Uh, These are uh, Japanese kaiju. They're they're, uh, original Godzilla and uh, uh, related uh, figures. I thought in your old age, you're playing with toys or something. Um, no, I think I think it was interesting. And just to, to wrap this up, Godzilla in 1954 was um, the reaction to the bombing, the atomic bombing oh. of Japan. You have this mindless radioactive creature breathing fire and tromping Tokyo. And uh, uh, Inshiro Honda, the director, and Eiji Tsuburaya, the special effects person, were had firsthand experience with the atom bomb and they were looking to create a kind of a psychodrama of what they felt. So 
in a way, Godzilla is kind of the, the first film is really a brilliant expression of uh, what that. Well, what we that need to meant. do a movie called Bidezilla. Bidezilla. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, all you have to do is edit the videos together and uh, you got it. Bidenzilla or Bidezilla. And it would expose all the Bidenites. I like Bidenites because it kind of rhymes with Ludites. Yeah, well, yeah, that's we're, we're going to end up in a, in a Luddite kind of world. If but I don't mean, no, I didn't say Luddite. I said Luddites. No, Luddites. Luddites. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Jeff, a pleasure. I'm glad I got a smile out of you at the end. Okay. You know what I say? Keep on laughing and screw them. <laughs> well, got to. Got to. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye now. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.